Good afternoon and hello from the downtown Tyler, Texas area. This is Bill Allen and as you know, if it's Tuesday or Thursday afternoon, then we have a Bible study going on. And that's going to happen uh, at this moment as we get started from Psalm 63. On Thursdays, we're looking through the Songs of Jesus, a book uh, that is uh, wonderfully written by Tim Keller along with his wife, Kathy. And so it's a great, uh, great blessing. A little update here. I ask you for prayers for my brother on Tuesday as he had some very serious ankle surgery and uh, he was able to go home that day. He is going to be laid up for quite some time and has been in a lot of pain. And so it's not going to be easy for him. And so I'm asking again that you remember Wayne and Julie, Bill's brother and sister-in-law, in your prayers if you can. And that would be a wonderful thing. We have so many others on our prayer list here at West Irwin Church of Christ in downtown Tyler. And I know you do in your church as well. So many uh, dear friends uh, that have passed away recently. We lost another wonderful friend, Lauren Dowdy, uh, this past week or so. And uh, so remember uh, Dorothy and uh, Patricia and uh, Jennifer and Greg and all of their wonderful family in the Woodland West Church family in Arlington as they mourn the loss of a very dear friend. Also, Ron Bass, another member, a former member there, just as Lauren and Dorothy are. And so be prayerful for Mary Ann and for uh, Sean and Cliff and all of their family as they mourn uh, the loss of Ron. Um, it's a, a great blessing to be able to be with you today and to talk from Psalm 63. Uh, the, the title of the lesson is Longing for God, and that's how this psalm uh, begins, and that's exactly what's on David's mind. Uh, some have suggested that this psalm is uh, written when David is in the desert fleeing from his son Absalom, who was trying to kill his own father so that he could become king of Israel. And I know that uh, you've gone through the desert at times too, as have I, as have anybody who has lived for very long. And uh, what do you do when that happens? Well, you cry out to God, longing for God, longing for deliverance, longing for vindication. We've seen that many times as we go through the Psalms, and we'll see a little bit of it here, especially at the end. But in the meantime, let's start out with the first four verses of Psalm 63. You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. Right off the bat, we're reminded of some other psalms, such as Psalm 42, from which we get that great song, As the deer pants and longs for the water, so my heart longs for you, O God. Um, uh, another psalm, I think it is Psalm 25, where we get our great song, Unto Thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. Um, oh my God, uh, I long for you, the psalm goes on to say, and this psalm as well. Uh, psalm 63, you, God, again, verse 1, are my God. Earnestly I seek you, I thirst for you, my whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary, David writes, and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up 
my hands. David was a worshiper and a worship leader. He wrote psalms that were used as the prayer book for Jesus and other Jews uh, throughout the centuries following David's life, and also a hymnal, a songbook as well. And David uh, was one who was very much a leader of worship for God's people and an avid worshiper of God himself. In the sanctuary, he has seen the Lord. He was uh, constantly going uh, before the Lord in worship and praise, sometimes by himself, sometimes with others. Uh, and it's very likely that he was being um, driven to this desert at this time by Absalom, his own son, and those who had aligned themselves uh, with him. And yet David says his deepest longings in verse 1 are for God. I am longing for God, he says, and so I cry out to the Lord. And that's what we do when we're in the desert, whatever that is. It may not be an actual real desert, perhaps like David was in, uh, but there were other times when uh, David was uh, longing for God. We hear that in the great 23rd Psalm, the Shepherd's Psalm, uh, how he longed for God and how God was there. And that's what David wants here again. That's what David longs for, that deliverance of God, that presence of God, uh, that uh, knowledge that God is actively working in David's uh, behalf. As long as we live, David writes, uh, this will be my primary focus. I long for God more than anything because, as he says in verse 3, your love is better than life. What a great statement. Your love, God, is better than life. And because of that, my lips will glorify you. Even before that deliverance comes, David says, I will praise you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. I hope that we all will realize that all the other blessings that we seek, and there's nothing wrong with seeking blessings in this life, but those blessings will go away with the passing of time. Uh, the blessing that we have from the presence of God is the greatest blessing and the greatest longing of our hearts. We keep reading in Psalm 63, starting in verse 5, I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. On my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. Because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your right hand upholds me. Not only does David long for God, he clings to God. And as he speaks, he says, even at night when I am on my bed, all through the night, all through the watches of the night, I will think of you and I will remember you. Do you ever have trouble going to sleep at night? <laughs> I don't have trouble at all going to sleep at night, but do you ever wake up during the night or very early in the morning hours before you have to get up and can't go back to sleep? That would be me. <laughs> that would be me. Uh, Joyce is the other way. She's the night owl. She's the one that has trouble falling asleep. I have trouble sleeping in in the morning. And if I wake up any time past about four or five o'clock, it's a firm bet that at best I'll be dozing after that. So what do you do? What do we do? Well, you can count sheep. That's nice. I'm sure David did that. He was a shepherd after all. But we're reminded that we can long for God. A lot of times I will go through my prayer list uh, when I wake up like that. I'll recite <clears throat> verses that I've memorized. Um, and I, I start uh, with um, the Lord's Prayer and then go to the... the uh, 
the great uh, uh, prayer of Jabez from First uh, Chronicles 4.10 that was so big a while back. I still prayed that prayer. Um, there are other passages of Scripture that I recite. The 23rd Psalm, the first part of the Sermon on the Mount. I didn't get very far memorizing that one, but starting in Matthew 5 with the Beatitudes and going all the way down to about verse 20. And Romans 8, as you know, my favorite chapter of the Bible, if you know me, you know that Romans 8 is my favorite chapter, and I committed that to memory uh, several years ago and still uh, and still try to recite that in my mind. Um, what do you do when you wake up? What David said is, I think of you, God, through the watches of the night. Because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your right hand upholds me. Uh, the Kellers write, sleepless nights, tossing and turning, filled with anxiety and fear. David puts his sleeplessness to good use. He sings to God, praising him and thinking about his love, his goodness, and above all, his protection. Some people have asked me through the years, well, Bill, I try to pray at night, but I fall asleep. I fall right to sleep. That's okay. <laughs> Is there any better way to fall asleep than communicating with your creator, with your father, with your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? I think that's a great thing. I don't feel bad about that at all. If that helps you to go to sleep, sometimes that's when I do fall asleep, when I'm reciting the Lord's Prayer. I think that's a, that's a great thing. Sometimes I'll recite it uh, five times in a row and pray it in my heart. I don't think it's vain repetitions if you're thinking about what you're doing and you're concentrating on that and you understand that. And I, I do that, and I think that's a good thing. Uh, don't feel badly if you fall asleep praying at night. That's good. You need to pray every day, <laughs> sometime when you're awake. But if you're so tired at night that you fall asleep praying to God, praise God. I think that's a great, a great thing. David clings to God. I think we can cling to God, longing for God uh, as we're praying to him, as we're reading his word or reciting his word from memory. I think those are all great. Training our hearts to spend our sleepless nights in praise and fellowship with God will redeem our frustration, turning it into a cherished intimacy with our Savior. I think that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Reminding ourselves that we are full and satisfied with God, that with God we can feel safe. Maybe not necessarily safe in this world, but safe in the arms of Jesus. Um, Psalm 63 continues and concludes with verses 9 through 11. David says, Those who want to kill me will be destroyed. They will go down to the depths of the earth. They will be given over to the sword and become food for jackals. But the king will rejoice in God. All who swear by God will glory in him, while the mouths of liars will be silenced. David pulls no punches, as the psalmists do. They ask God to deliver them, and they ask God to deal with their enemies. And I think that's a good thing. That's how we, that's how we feel. There's nothing wrong with verbalizing it before the Lord. But David also acknowledges the king, speaking of himself, will rejoice in God. God will ultimately deliver me, he says, from my enemies. David's enemies, such as Absalom, were very real and were very uh, strong in their opposition to David and his reign. But David realizes that he turns them over to the Lord. He mentions many times that his victories come not from sword and shield, but from 
uh, the power of the Lord his God. The king will rejoice in God, he says. All who swear by God will glory in him. David acknowledges that it's not just him, but when God delivers him, when God delivers the faithful, others see this. And all who are faithful, all who glory in the Lord, share in that victory, while the mouths of liars, he says, will be silenced. Um, and we understand that. We get that. David had many who opposed him in a political and even uh, life-giving sense. And he said, you know, the truth will come out. The, the vindication will come and the liars will be silenced. There was no guarantee for David that he would see it in his lifetime. But he felt like he would and he prayed to God. And sure enough, that's what happens. David longs not just for uh, that belief in God, but also that closeness with God, that experience of God and feeling his presence, much as he communicates in that wonderful 23rd Psalm. One of those lines, uh, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. David acknowledges that uh, the presence of the Lord is with him, and we hear that in this Psalm also, the 63rd Psalm, as we do in the 23rd Psalm. Uh, David is one who... Uh, is certain about his identity as a follower of God. And we too are that way as well. Peter in 1 Peter 2 says, we are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. Some say priests and kings, priestly kings, a royal priesthood. We have that in Jesus Christ. Just as David had it being anointed by Nathan, or, or rather being anointed by Samuel uh, to be the king of Israel to replace King Saul. And uh, David experienced that. We do too. We do too. We have been baptized into Christ, raised to live a new life, and now are God's chosen people, uh, his royal priesthood, a people that are special, a special possession of God. And because of that, when we pray, he hears. Um, and he will bring us that victory, just as he did David. And just as David knew, it may not come in this life, but that victory and that deliverance and that vindication will ultimately come. And those who oppose us, the liars will be silenced. Uh, those who seek our lives, those who seek to do us harm, uh, God will ultimately uh, bring us uh, victory and vindication over them. Um, what a great, great blessing. Are you longing for God today? Are you... Are you crying out to God during those uh, sleepless nights or perhaps during those days? Maybe you pray when you're driving. Uh, maybe you exercise and you pray when you're exercising. I do that as well. Cry out to God. If you have a heart that is longing for God, then that's good. And whatever is on your heart, cry out to him. But also acknowledge, just as David does, that he is God and that you will sing his praises and that you will continue to cry out to him uh, all of your life. Let's close today with prayer. Father, we acknowledge you as the Lord of creation, the King of our lives, uh, the Savior, uh, as well as the Creator. We pray, Father, that you would forgive us of our sins through the name of Jesus Christ. And we pray, Father, that whatever struggles uh, we have today, 
And there are so many that are hearing this prayer, Father. I pray that the struggles on their hearts, that the longing that they have for you, their God, Father, that you will hear their cries and that you will heal their wounds, that you will forgive their sins, that you will bring them deliverance, Father, and ultimately vindication and victory as well. Father, we praise you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, and the King of Kings. Amen. I pray that you will have a wonderful weekend, and I pray that you will be in church on Sunday, uh, either in person or online, and I look forward uh, to being with you again on Tuesday. God bless.